Greetings, travelers. The following episode includes a special guest. Now, sometimes our guests speak about uncomfortable subjects. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. Well, Nightmare November. Nightmare November continues. Yes, yes. As our, as I like to call Halloween overtime. Yes. Oh, well, we're t- we had a whole new name for it, Mark. So we're going to use oh, the name that we have. I know. Nightmare November is good. I like that. So yeah. yeah. Well, I hope so. You came up with it. <laughs> you can't like, I think that's the most brilliant name I've ever heard. Of course. Because you're the one that came up with that name. It works. It worked. Uh, but uh, yeah, how have you been this month? It's been, I, you know, it's, it's, we're nearing the end of the month. We're, we're just past Turkey, Turkeyness. So I'm, I'm super excited and the things and stuff, but I'm excited about visits. today's episode. Yeah. You had some family visits and all that. Yes. Family visits. I don't, yes. They yeah, were yeah, here. Yeah. They were here and I love them because they listened to this podcast. They're here and I love them. Uh, yes. They listen to the podcast and go greetings, to greetings, family travelers. Yes. Gre- so, greetings. Awesome relational travelers (laughs) but we do have a special guest today i'm very excited me too me too this lady has been a friend of the show for a a little while we've known her since before the podcast back when i was just erie florida and was just getting into erie appalachia and i don't know what else to say except that she is a she's a renowned psychic a spiritual healer and again just one of those great people with wonderful energy a paranormal investigator all this good stuff, but I I can talk about this for you know twenty minutes just doing an intro. But let's get right to it. So welcome, Serenity Jenny. Woo! Thank you guys so much. It's great to be here. Great oh to God. have you. It is awesome. We we got to see you at Mothman last. I was talking about that before we started recording. We were fortunate to be right across from you. I know Mark did a little opening, but for our travelers out there, can you give a little bit of your background and everything like that? Absolutely. So my name is Serenity Jenny. Um, That's what I go by. I'm a licensed professional counselor. I was a college professor. I'm K through 12 guidance counselor. Um, I worked for fire police and EMS in my lifetime, and I had five near death experiences. I was born naturally born a psychic, a bloodline shaman. My mom was Cherokee and Blackfoot, and my dad laid hands. So I tried to be normal. Yeah, that wasn't working. So I kept having these near death experiences. And every time I would I would step out and come back in, it felt like somebody would just tune me in a little bit more. And I I really tried to ride like the fence and tried to do the normal traditional therapy, and it just wasn't working. So when I finally just gave up and said, "Okay, I give." I'm going to do this kind of healing. I'm now four-time Reiki master. I've sought out every shaman, every healer, every person I could in North America and sometimes outside the, of our country as well to study with to kind of make sense of this. So I've had like this 20 plus year healing trajectory in holistic medicine, energy medicine, spiritual healing. I have more degrees than actually I'm even proud to say because I think it's like a 20 year identity crisis at this point. But you know, all of this being said, it gives me the ability to have such a well-rounded, holistic, soul-centered approach to healing that encompasses all of these things. So, I mean, I've always been weird, right? So I just put my freak flag out really high so everybody can find me and I embraced all my weirdness and it, it has worked really well. 
Well, that's fantastic. And now um, let's go back to those early days. Let's let's take the Wayback Machine, as I like to call it. And what was like your first real experiences and how how did that you know kind of start the journey? Oh, my goodness. I've had some really wild things. I've been baptized, swear to God, 10 times. We called it getting dunked. <laughs> Because I would say some really wild stuff. My mom did take us to the Lutheran church. My dad was Lutheran. So I was raised in a, in a Christian environment in the church. Me and Jesus were homies. I told people that all the time. They didn't believe me. But, you know, I, I could see him. And I, of course, said some really blasphemous things. And I thought that poor pastor was a swim coach for the first 10 years of my life. That is no BS. I literally <laughs> thought we were swimming at church. And, <laughs> and you know, I would say things and and everybody would turn around and look. I mean, I've talked about the devil at the dinner table. And I was like, you know, the devil lives in the bottom of the barn with this huge hundred acre farm. And, and my grandmother's there who's extremely religious. And my mom looks at me and, and I'm like, oh, not appropriate dinner conversation. So maybe I should stop talking. Well, of course, we had to go visit the swim coach on that one because it was not good. You know, I was I was trying to be normal, I thought, like just by saying these things. Oh, that was so I was like, I'm going to fit in if I just say what I'm seeing in real time. Right. This is going to work. Did not work. Did not work. Did not suit me. My idea of what was normal and what society's idea was normal was way different. So I found that I had to conform a little bit until I got to probably about third grade. And I was asked to color in the lines by my third grade teacher. And I was like, oh my God, there's lines on the paper. And that's when they knew that we had a problem. <laughs> so <laughs> that teacher has been with me my entire life. She came to my wedding. She came to my son's birth. Wow. She came to my mom's funeral. She had me tested for gifted learning, and that's how I got to be psychic, and I flew under the radar this entire time, and nobody really knew during my, my young academia career because no one really went outside the box of eccentric. As, like Eccentricity was like my title. Oh, she's just an eccentric child. So I got away with a lot. That works. Wow. I could have I could have you here for days and days and days and tell you crazy stories that it's almost laughable at this point. But you know, when I was saying it, people were like, What are you talking about? And like, of course we live in a multidimensional reality. Why wouldn't we? And I, I didn't know I was in fourth grade. I just thought everybody talked about stuff like this, right? Nope. Where did you grow up? It's so southwestern Pennsylvania. Okay, so right outside so, yeah. of, of Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm, yeah, about right forty minutes the, outside of Pittsburgh. The buckle of the Bible belt. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Absolutely. We're the little shining diamond of the Bible belt because we're literally on Chestnut Ridge. So I'm sure you guys are well aware of Chestnut Ridge. I like to say we're the shining little diamond here. And it's been, you know, the UFO Superhighway, Bigfoot Central. I mean, we have so many different names for this area. And I really didn't find that to be weird either until you start getting to be an adult and you're comparing stories. They're like, oh my gosh, you live in one of the most haunted places like in, in the United States. And I'm like, really? Oh my gosh. I thought this was normal. <laughs> yeah. I thought everywhere was like this. Yeah. It's, yeah same boat, same boat. So I, I, I feel like everywhere is like that sometimes for us. <laughs> A lot of places we visited. Yeah. You know, then you're, you, you start transitioning into, you know, learning this stuff, right. And you're learning more that it's not, you know, you would learn in everyday school. What was your early days? You know, where, where did you start, you know, this, this path? <laughs> Oh, well, so I knew everything and I quit high school five months before graduation. My poor mother thought I was going to medical school. <laughs> Had a, everybody convinced I was going to medical school. I worked on the ambulance. I mean, it's, it, it was all laid out for me. I was like, no, I don't think I want to do that anymore. She's like, what? And I'm like, yep. 
my mom was Native American, right? So she she honored my dad and going to church, but we really lived by these Native ways, right? And I said, I'm just honoring my soul's calling, mom. Like, this is what I want to do. She's like, oh, I, I can't go back on what she's already told me, right? Because she's already laid this foundation for me. So I quit school. I went to work on the ambulance. An empath should never, ever, an untrained empath should not go into the back of an ambulance thinking that it's going to have a good result. Because I literally was taking on energy. Left, I would pass out on calls. I would have to go to the bathroom all the time. I would say, oh, my belly hurts. I have to go to the bathroom. And, you, you know, you can't tell somebody to hold a heart attack. Can you hold that heart attack? Can I use your bathroom? That's just not a good combination, right? So yeah. It was kind of funny at first, but then my, my peers started to see. They're like, dude, when you work, good things happen. Like, we don't get any calls. And I had to learn really the hard way. Like, I was getting polished through this whole process that I was pulling in energy. And I was I was reading things. Things energetically were affected in my environment. And they pretty much blamed me for everything. But once I, I had my first near-death experience at 19, I had 22 feet of my intestines removed after went, going to work on the ambulance. I was taking in all that energy. And they said, you have Crohn's disease. This is why you're passing out. This is what's going on. It's affecting you. You're going to have to get off the truck and go to 911. And I literally thought something's not right with this. Like this doesn't feel right. So it led me to find Reiki. It led me to like dig deeper into all the things that nobody wanted to talk about. Chakras, auras, holistic healing, shamans. I mean, my family didn't even really, I'm the weirdest person in my family. Like everybody's like, let's just be normal and sit cute at church and and pay attention. And I'm like, no, let's talk about energy. And you know, our dead grandma who's sitting in the pew with us. And they're like, zip it. And I'm like, no, 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 I want to talk about it. She doesn't like the way you you sit and you're talking during the sermon. You shouldn't do that. So, you know, it's been a ride. It's been a ride. But that early, the early part, I look back now and I want to help so many people because like, you know, I see attachments, I see different things that are happening to the front line. And I'm just like, man, if somebody would have just taught me that before I came out of high school, I would be so well equipped to deal with this. So I kind of became the person I needed as a kid, as an adult. Like that's my, my niche practice, I guess. I have a question because I think a lot of children that have abilities and that can see things get, I don't want to say beaten down because it doesn't have to be physical, but mentally like pushed into ignoring that part of them because you know it's so you know detrimental or you end up being taken being taken to preachers to saying that obviously you're possessed by the devil or whatever exorcists need to happen like that that kind of thing and i'm very impressed that you were still able to keep this and also keep such a good attitude about it because that can be hard to do being raised in a circumstance like that especially when your parents don't necessarily even just ignore it, for lack of a better word, you know what I mean? And they're, mm -hmm. so how do you feel you managed to do that through this process? I was extremely defiant. <laughs> and that is the honest to God's truth. Like if somebody told me to go left, I'd go right. Just, just, I guess for spite, right? Because I just felt like that was my internal compass. Like, oh, if an adult who's giving me this information and they have this, mm, we'll call it a humdrum life. Cause I'm, I'm viewing this as like, I don't want what they have. I don't want to do what they're doing. I want to have this fun, exciting, all encompassing life, not this little box. So every time somebody would say something to me, I'm like, okay. And I just go do the opposite thing. And you know, a lot of times people are like, you're geez, you're so defiant. That defiance kept me alive. And 
don't let me kid you. I have a 200 page, I call it a, I, I, I won't say it on the podcast, but it's a, it's a, a shoot show or a poop show. Like how oh, you can say it's a shoot show. Where, I cast can I all the time. Oh, You're good. You can use yeah. the real one. Okay. After eight seconds, Thank you can God. say whatever you want. Yeah. So. Okay, perfect. So it's my 200 page shit show, right? It's called Unapologetically Authentic. I was abused. I was raped. I was beaten. I have had tons and tons and tons of trauma. Like I said, defiance kept me alive. Like it literally kept me alive. And, you know, we can, we can go in and speculate that I was a bright light and I was targeted by the dark. I mean, I, I have lots of stories. I can keep you busy for a long time, but I literally refused to give in. I just, I couldn't do it. It like was internally like my guidance, like don't give up, don't give up under any circumstance that is presented to you. Do not give up. And my dad died when I was 13. So my mom, even though she complied with the church and all the things that my dad's family had done, one thing that she did that was like the saving grace, I think of my spiritual development was when my dad died, she said, go outside and find him. I thought, oh my God, she's delusional. Like he just died. And I'm like, okay, wait a second. Now we want to embrace this. I'm so confused. She's like, you'll feel him outside, go outside. And I, it took me two years. It took me two years to feel his presence on the top of our family farm, I could feel his fingers, the back four of his fingers slide right down my, my left cheek. And I was like, okay, I've made, and it was almost like a spiritual a vision quest or my own journey. Right. And she did that to me on purpose. I feel like on some level, she knew I needed that with my dad and I needed to have that spiritual connection for myself after they tried to squish it out of me for like a gajillion times. I think they were just fearful from the things that I said often and like let me just add this in i got injured a lot so i think they were fearful because i mean i have my head cracked open three times i jumped through a plate glass screen like the whole screen was plate glass and i jumped through it i said i didn't see it i mean i have a lot of history of extreme injury so like i said we could look back in retrospect and probably say that there was some dark entity that i was dealing with which there may or may not be a book coming about that. Hint, hint, plug, plug, shamelessly. I know I'm supposed to say that for the end. Please, please what? do. Never, never, never but, plug a book. Uh, never plug a book. Right? Never take a chance to plug a book. <laughs> exactly. But once oh, you look back please, at the trajectory, it's, it's just like so cool because it's just like in your face. And I'm like, I can use my life to help teach and, and lead other people into their own power, to educate them, to enlighten them okay, this is gold. And why am I not talking about this? And secrets keep you sick. And we know that in traditional psychology, like you cannot keep these things buried. It's not healthy. And I just thought I'm going to put my freak flag way out there and I'm going to help as many people as fast as I can. And it really has taken off in a way I can't even, I can't even process sometimes. I feel like I run Hogwarts. I literally, people bring me their children all the time. <laughs> And I'm just like, cool, you hear voices, me too. What's your saying? I mean, I have to psychologically assess that, make sure that they're not going to harm themselves or harm somebody else. And of course. And then when we rule those things out, what we have left is like this raw connection to spirit. And I'm like, this kid is probably like the Dalai Lama reincarnated. Like, can you just let them have some sacred space? Like, just listen to them. They're old souls. And what we've been finding, it's been extremely successful to do that with children and nurture that spiritual connection. So maybe I just became the person that I really, really needed. I needed somebody to listen to me when I was little and, and understand what I was saying instead of just be like, I'm either going to drown it out of you or you're going to go up on the hill and have psychosis. Like I had two, two ends of the spectrum. I'm like, 
this woman's delusional. She just tried to drown me for this. And now I'm going out and talking to my dead dad. Like what? Like, hello. And then when it happened, I was like, okay, so how do I go to ninth grade now? Like, how do I go to traditional school and talk to a traditional guidance counselor who I'm going to call a muggle, right? God bless Mr. Clara. Love him. But I was like, he is not going to get me. And if I do say this, they're going to commit me. And my mom told me that. She said, do not talk about this at school. Right. Do not. It is in your best interest. Do not talk to, to your friends, to anybody. This is stays between us. And I was like, okay. But then, you know, my dad's popping up in math class a couple of times. I'm like, oh my God, he better go away. And he did for a while. I didn't see him for a very long time. But like when I started having near deaths, things got very pronounced very quickly. Oh, wow. So let's say somebody is, uh, you know, wanting to seek you out for, you know, for help. What's the general process? How do you, how do you vet that? I'm still flying by the seat of my pants. Um, most days, uh, you can get to me on Facebook, Serenity Jenny, um, serenityjenny.net. There's a phone number on my Facebook page. I'm, I pretty much, I used to have a huge facility. I've had multiple facilities, holy, holistic healing facilities. I've trained multiple counselors. I kind of doing this gypsy thing now because spirit's like, okay, no being tethered to anything that pins you down to one geographical location on this planet. Like I have to be, I feel like I'm being called up. Like I'm about to get deployed somewhere and I don't know where that is spiritually speaking. So I'm kind of just waiting and readying myself for the call. And thank God my other half is very supportive of this. Cause he's like, you want to do what? And I'm like, well, I just think we should be mobile. And, and, and he of course was like, okay, very supportive of that. So we're going to take the, sh the store and the show basically on the road and just go where we're called to go. And I feel like in addition to social media outlets, podcasting, different things and, and delivery uh, vehicles that we have access to now, like I'm going to be able to take this healing all over. And I've helped people set up healing centers and wellness centers right here in my own town. We're starting to try to get some stuff in, in West Virginia after we close that shop. But, you know, people, if they just do what they can with what they have, where they're at, and they raise the vibration and the consciousness level on this planet, it really does help. It really does help. And, if anybody needs help with their spiritual unfolding, I mean, everybody's path different. It's so unique. It's like grief. You know, people are like, you can't tell anybody how to grieve. Well, you can't tell anybody how to spiritually unfold their gifts, abilities, and their own essence. It's very difficult to have a prescription for that. But there's some things that people can do to help themselves with that process. So I want to talk a little bit about your experiences, if you don't mind, just so that people have a little more detail, totally up to you. So when you're talking about, for instance, um, King, you're doing healing, can you give a healing story so that people have some idea when you're talking about what you do there? Sure. Um, oh my gosh, there's so many. So I, I can give you one of my own stories. How about that? Because it's a, it's a direct Perfect. experience, right? So I was about to open up a 2,600 square foot facility in Mount Pleasant, Pennsylvania. Um, it was the day before I had done all the clearing, the saging, the blessing. Like I said, I'm a shaman, bloodline shaman, Cherokee and Blackfoot, but I'm also a spiritualist minister. I got that credential because I felt like it, that was fair, non-denominational, right? So I, I blessed my facility. I'm ready to go. I had gone up to the loft to get one more thing out of storage when I was coming back down through the loft and there's stairs that descend down into the first floor. I fell through the stairs, six feet to a concrete floor and I actually heard my leg crack. Ugh. And I thought to myself, I thought, Oh my God, I just B-R-O-K-E my leg. Yeah. And I don't want to speak anything into existence. Right. I immediately put my hands on it. I'm a four time Reiki master. Okay. 
I put my hands on my leg. I'm like, Reiki, Reiki, Reiki. I'm like, I need, it's showtime synergy is the name of my business. No pun intended, but pun intended. Cause I'm like, you, Jesus, you better bring everybody, every ascended master that's up there here right now. Cause I think I just B-R-O-K-E my leg and it got really cold in there. And I, I, I had just opened my eye just for a second. Cause I knew if I had a, a deformity and a contusion, we're going to have a problem. Cause that means it probably did do that. So I opened my eyes, the whole area in the back was center block, right? That's the way that that building's built. It was bright white. And I thought, oh my God, I died. And I, out of this white blazing light, it almost blinded me. I saw Jesus coming. He had a, a flannel on and jeans. I'm like, oh my God, he was fishing and I disturbed him. Crap. Now he's <laughs> not even going to fix my leg. And I was like, I'm I okay. My leg, I need help. I need help. And in that moment, I just felt I got really cold. Now, People usually come in, they lay on a Reiki table. I explain things to them. I say, you can feel hot. You can feel cold. You can feel microwave. You might feel tingly. After I do a brief assessment, I do this session with them. Well, here I am doing my own session on my leg. And I'm experiencing the things I tell patients all the time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is insane. I was so cold. My bones felt like they were froze. And that happened. And I, and I had that experience. I'm, I had three nails go through my leg too. So three is a, a common number. We see three scratches. A lot of times we see demonic possession. Again, spiritualist minister, I get the moniker of exorcist a good bit. I'm just taking the trash out. That's how I see that. Negative energy doesn't belong there. It just needs cleaned, right? Cleared, cleaned, released, whatever, however you want to say it. It's not always bad. It's just not necessary. So whatever did this to me, whatever happened, a set of circumstances, I was open in that center the next day, come hell or high water. And I told you before, I'm very defiant. I was like, this is not my, re I don't choose this. My, not my reality. I don't want this. And I know that you just can't want a broken extremity and it just go away, right? However, bone knitting in Native American community is very real, yep. right? That That's something that was in my my working knowledge base from my mom, from my, my teachers, from the elders. So I was like, this can happen. I know this can happen. So I drug, I gave myself the Reiki. I came out of there. It was not white. It was back to cinder blocks. Jesus wasn't standing there. I still was pinching myself. I'm like, okay, I'm still alive. I'm still bleeding. I might have to get myself up there. I took myself up front. I called and asked my one girlfriend to bring her car over. I said, I need you to ride me up to the Met Express. And she said, oh my God, what happened? I was like, I don't want to talk about it. She worked in the ambulance with me. As soon as she saw my leg, she said, you know what that is. You're going to ortho. Like you need, I said, don't even speak that over my leg. We're not going to do that. Right. So, and I know that this is an extreme example, but it's a really cool one because oh, it no, actually happened. Oh no, totally. We are riveted. It, it, it's, it's so wild. <laughs> we're not talking. <laughs> right, right. We're, it's so wild and so crazy. And, and, and she's a social worker, traditional social worker. I'm a licensed professional counselor. You know, we disagree and, and agree on certain things. And she was like, dude, that's, you know what? I said, don't speak it. Just take me out there. We hobble into Med Express because, you know, at the ER, they're going to send me the ortho anyhow. I already know the process if I go that route. And I was like, just give me an x-ray. And I'm sitting there and I was, she's like, no crazy stuff. Because if you tell them this, they're going to 302 you. Do not tell them you're raking. Do not tell them you're doing holistic medicine. This guy ain't buying what you're selling. Don't tell him. Right. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep raking my leg. I just kept raking it and sending energy down through it. I literally looked to the, my right. And on the right side of the bed in the Little Med Express in Little Mount Pleasant, Pennsylvania was a massive red, red dragon. It was a huge red dragon. Beautiful. Oh, wow. And I thought to myself, I said, oh, my God, there's a dragon in here. She's like, don't start with the crazy. Yeah. I'm like, well, if you can't see it, I can see it. And as soon as I talked to her, I felt this hot, like scalding red hot rod 
go through the front of my kneecap, down through the front of my shin and out through the bottom. It hurt so bad. I instantly, I just started profusely sweating. I almost fell off the bed. She thought I was having a heart attack. I was not having a heart. I didn't think I was having that. Well, they come in with the monitors and stuff, threw me on and took me back for my x-ray after I was cleared cardiac wise to go get the x-ray. I got the x-ray. The doctor came in and said, I have a question for you. And I said, okay, that's fine. And he was like, when did you break your leg? And I thought, 8.30, 8.35, maybe, I don't know. He goes, no, I don't think you understand. And he started to get louder. And he's like, when did you break your leg? And I'm like, okay, so I have a master's degree and I can hear. Like, I can process what you're saying. And I'm answering you at 8. It's now 11 o'clock. And he's like, before, like this previous break that you had, I had a healed x-ray. I had a healed tibia. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Insane. I was like, can I have that extra? Do, do I get a copy of that? <laughs> Here's me. I'm like, I want that. I want that film. I, I don't even care what you say right now. I was like, I'll go see ortho. Can I just have my film? And she's in the background. You know, don't save the crazy for somebody else. He ain't buying what you're selling. I'm telling you, don't even tell him. So they gave uh-huh. me the x-ray. I did take it to the ortho because he was a friend of mine. God rest his soul. He is now passed on. He's with us in spirit. But I took it to him and I said, dude, th- this is for real. This is. I told him the truth. He was a concussion specialist, was a very good friend of mine, saw him from a kid a bunch of times. And he said, okay, well, if that's what happened, then you have proof of it right there. I had a, a, a real tactile film that I could say my leg wasn't broke in the morning. It broke and then it healed within hours. That's... And I not only have that, my son broke his arm off, off. And Max, the crystal skull was involved in that story. It's a little bit of a longer one, but we actually, that's his testimony of Reiki and holistic healing and prayer and all that's why we call it synergy, right? Cause it's not just one modality. It's not just one thing. It's everything. We don't throw one thing at it. We throw everything we got at it and it works. And yeah. I, it, it's worked so many times. I mean, I've had a patient have a one Reiki session, have an nodule on her thyroid call me in three days and said, the doctor doesn't know what happened. There's no nodule on her thyroid. She's freaking out. I could give you a gajillion different examples, but um, people that, that can't sleep, sleep after the first session. It's just insane. I mean, and no one knows really what this modality is because it's all these modalities. And one of people are like, what do you do? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't think it exists here. Even if it did, I don't think we'd have vocabulary word for it. Like we don't have one. I don't know. Is it med bed technology? Does it come from a different dimensional reality? Whatever it is, it's working. And when the person is in alignment with its work, they have amazing results. If they're skeptical and or don't heal the trauma timeline and they're dragging stuff in here, they don't want to let go of it, it's probably not going to work. And I tell them that. I'm very upfront. I'm like, if you are open to this and have no expectation, none, zero, it's going to work very well for you. If you have a prescriptive expectation for this process, it is probably going to disappoint you. Wow. And soon as I, soon as I tell them that, all the expectations go out the window. And that is what was told to me with my first Reiki session. Have no expectation. And I sobbed hysterically for about nine hours. And the lady sent it to me distance, via distance from Australia. That was my first experience. And she was led to me by spirit. I was like, what the hell is Reiki? What? I was like, this is bull. Because I was a college professor. I was talking about the brain for three hours on a Monday night. You know, neuroplasticity was my jam. I love that. And she's like, I'm going to send you energy from a different continent and you're going to get better. I'm like, this lady's smoking crack. This is not real. I 
thought maybe she needed dunks. I don't know. I was like, oh, somebody should baptize her. She is really, really outside the realm here. But it that's, worked, and I was like, wow. That's but, amazing. Yeah. Reiki is one of those. Again, we, we, we like to lump it in with the preternatural stuff, we call it. We don't call it supernatural or paranormal. We call it preternatural stuff we don't understand yet. It works for some. Right. It doesn't work for others because we don't know the rules, and we can't study the rules mm -hmm. until it's not you know, pseudoscience. We need to actually do some studies of this stuff. And there are a few out there like yourself and others that are really starting to push this out to more than just, you know, the small circle it's in. And, and I think that's uh, amazing. That's, that's exactly the kind of stories I've heard from others about, you know, healing dragons and protective spirits and stuff like that, that are helping them, let alone visiting ancestors and, you know, and, and things like that. And, you know, spirit guides and guardians. And, and I love that your stuff encompasses all of that, which is, you know, it's a, it's a melting pot. We love that. No, that's amazing. That's but awesome. we actually have to take a quick oh. break. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Serenity Jenny. Destiny Beard, the lyrical soprano who will haunt your dreams. With her alluring melodies and intricate harmonies, this dark siren of wistful song shall capture your soul and lead you into the night. Check out Destiny's new single, The Haunting Is Over with international musicians Sam Haynes and Gary Bennett, as well as her other musical works at destinybeard.com. Eerie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. And what are those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock, or the Satan Spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio, to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Okay, we're back. Wow, yeah. yeah we did a little back. talking on the break there uh, about... Uh, bring that back up, uh, Jenny, the uh, the bit about sports healing over in, in Australia. So in Australia and their Olympic healing team, they employ Bowen therapists. Bowen therapists are like body talk therapy um, practitioners. So kind of like Reiki, but they actually talk to the body, intuitively talk to the body with energy medicine. And they actually remove the trauma energy from the injury before the person gets any kind of healing treatment, which to me makes sense. Instead of trying to pour healing on top of trauma energy, like, like in a cup, so to speak, let's just dump the trauma energy out and pour the healing right in. Like, that's what the Western approach is lacking, I feel. Like, once we remove this trauma energy, people seem to heal much faster, and they actually stay healed. I did drug and alcohol treatment for six-plus years. I see that's a lot of our problem in that area. So 
I am the technicolor unicorn when it comes to counseling in the counseling field. I employ all these modalities because I, I totally see a need for it. And I love that you said that because I think sometimes people can go too far in a direction. Uh, like Reiki is the only way to do healing or no, you only should go to a doctor. Like there's so many different things that I think can help. You know, I think there's great things with traditional medicine, but also great things with like homeopathic medicine. Like there's so many different things that you can employ and employing a lot of them together does a more complete picture. And I think people tend to be like, I'm going to go in this camp and not this camp. And that doesn't work or help anybody mind body spirit mind body spirit that's what i always say so balance is key is that what you always say mark i do i do for my health (laughs) i do say that i but i do treat my you know i don't treat my body like a temple i treat it like a pool hall so uh but uh (laughs) but uh, i was gonna say you treat it more like a biker bar it's not just maybe 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 a white castle but uh let's Uh... see (laughs) but uh jenny all right so now we, you know, we've talked about that side of things. You brought up exorcism earlier and stuff like that. Now, you have also done paranormal investigations. I know you've done a few with your, your partner, uh, but let's talk about your your paranormal experiences. So what, what where, where is that in your milieu here? So, so interesting to say that maybe I was that person that I was all rainbows and sunshine for a very long time. I'm like, healing, healing, healing. Let's just all do healing. And I, I kind of paused with that when I met Dave and I was like, oh, geez, this guy's like total paranormal everything. And I delved into there only before I met him when I was fixing something. So I very lovingly call it taking out the trash. If there's any big nasty there that's not supposed to be there, if somebody has a haunting or a possession, I'm, I'm the, you know, who you're going to call in this area. So I would go and clean, clear, bless, release, heal everybody in the house and call it a day. If it was a land issue, I would shamanically clear it. I pretty much just did that for a really long time. And I have tons of experiences with that, just blessing people's houses, clearing, haunting. Then it kind of evolved a little bit. I met Dave and I was like, oh my good Lord, somebody in spirit has just brought me a tactical training officer. What is going on? Because here's this guy with 30 plus years of experience who knows what everything is called. I'm like, dude, I don't look in the bag. I just take the trash to the curb. Great spirit says, dude, get this out of here. I'm like, 10 4 boss, trash to the curb. Don't even look in the bag. I don't know if it's a banshee. I don't know if it's, it didn't matter at that point, right? I didn't have to go through to find out. And now he he kind of said to me, you don't, you don't know what it is. I'm like, do I need to, to fix it? And he was like, no, but you really, you really should think about that. And, you know, he raised a really valid point. And I was like, okay, balance is key. And that's one of my key phrases. I probably should use it myself, right? So I was like, all right. And when we combined forces, it kind of got really explosive because I was like, oh, wow. I don't know if I wanted to know what was in the bag because I was like, whoa, this is insane. But, of course, he owns this, you know, very spooky location. And he's like, I own one of the most haunted locations in North America. I'm like, you want a cookie? Like, (laughs) Like I do this stuff all the time. And he's just like, yeah, right. And I was, you know, going, he did take me there. That's a whole other podcast. I'm sure in in and of itself, but I literally had done an exorcism at a church camp with a church lady oh, wow. and they came for a CPR for, it was so benign. It was a little workshop. It was called CPR for the soul. It was super run of the mill stuff I did all the time. You know, my background's in fire police and EMS, and I, I patched Shoals back together 
that's the name of my next book. It's called CPR for the Soul. So I just started doing workshops to collect data, right? I was like, this is perfect. I mean, this is going to be an awesome book. So I do these workshops. We, we visit the trauma timeline. We do soul retrieval. We process. I mean, it's, it's a spiritual intensive like none other. These ladies sat through the whole class. I've known them for 10 years. I actually met them because they had a, I, I read the one sister. She was looking for a ring. I told her where it was going to be found. She said, there's nothing in their room. It's impossible. It has hardwood floors. I said, I know hardwood floors, white couch steps, the whole nine. I got it. I told her what the room looked like. She's like, it's not in there. I looked. I said, I didn't say it was in there right now. I think it's going to, a port. She says, what's that? And I'm like, it will like fall the air. It's in a red velvet bag. Those ladies came to me at a, an event holding a red velvet bag. She said it fell right out of the air. It was under my foot. So they're believers. That's another story, another podcast. (laughs) So they're believers, right? So they come to all my events and, and as much as they can, they live a couple hours away from where I am here in PA. And right at the end, they stayed a little... The people that linger always make me a little nervous because I know they don't want to ask something in class and they're waiting because it's either really embarrassing or super scary or they just don't they don't know how to verbalize it. Right. So I was like, "Uh oh, this is not good. We're putting the food away. We have nice little lunch and stuff with that stuff. So we're putting the food away and everybody else is leaving. I'm like, go ahead. I got it. And they're like, hey, want us to help you clean up? I'm like, no, I'm good. And she said, can you put your hands on my sister? She's dark. These two cute little church ladies have matching Crocs that match their sweaters, that match their jewelry. You have the picture in your mind, right? And they're both the same size. They're super cute little. Love them. Sweet as all get out. Very psychic sisters. Have great abilities. Are just delving into their their own stuff. One is retired from elementary teaching. One is 58 days from her retirement. That's the one that's in the bathroom. And the other sister's like, I'm pretty sure she's dark. I laughed out loud. I was like so blown away by this and she I I saw her coming out of the bathroom I already put my hand on her shoulder and I kind of was laughing I was looking at her sister and I said oh she said you're dark and when I looked at her I made eye contact with her her eyes turned completely black she spit in my face called me a bitch and I was like oh my god this is on like Donkey Kong like holy shit this is not what I thought was gonna happen today I'm like, what just happened? So I'm locked and loaded at this point. I was like magnetized this woman. I couldn't have took my hand off of her if I wanted to. Like it was, she was standing up. I was standing up. We were there. Every wrong way to do any of this, I was doing it. It was all wrong. There was nobody there for my safety. She wasn't restrained. I mean, I could go on and on of all the not to do things during an exorcism, right? And I was like, well, if if this is going to happen, everybody and their brother that has ever been my ascended master, my guide, my angel, my Passover loved ones. In Lakota, we call it Matakwiasi, right? And, and most most tribes call it that all-star relations. I was calling everybody. I mean, I started talking in tongues and I told her sister to pray. I was just like, you just pray every prayer you've ever learned and do not stop until I tell you to. And she's making this weird jaw grinding. I mean, I thought she was going to have powder for teeth when we were done because I was like, oh my gosh, her teeth are going to be ground to nothing. Her jaw was locked. I worked on the ambulance. So I'm assessing medically at this point. My brain is assessing medically. Like, what am I going to tell 911? Where I live and worked. These are people I know, my colleagues. What happened to this woman and how it happened to her when they have to come get her when she gets cardiac arrest? Because it was not, she was profusely sweating. I was profusely sweating. She had something poking out of her chest. She was going back and forth. And you could, I could see it two or three times. It poked on the front of her sternum. And I was like, oh, please, if anything out there can hear me right now, I need every single hand on deck. I said prayers. I said rights. I said everything I was trained to do. 
then I started talking in tongues and she talked back to me and said, get that shit out of my pockets in the worst electronic demonic voice you have ever heard in your entire life with like 20 sets of vocal cords. I was like, okay, then this is party time. Like this is going to happen. Somebody's going to give one way or another. And it ain't going to be me because I'm defiant. Remember, I'm the defiant chick. I don't walk out. I, I'll fall out before I walk out. I'm like, all right, God, I'm going to need two more barrels down here. Bring it on. Like, bring me more energy. And when I say I was wet, when I was soaked with sweat, it was dripping off of me. I've never run this much energy in my entire life, ever. And when I asked the sister, I said, what the hell was in her pockets? And she goes, oh, it's the sacred heart of Jesus in one pocket and the olive branch cross in the other. I put him in there in the hotel when she scared me for my life in the middle of the night. I'm like, I said, get him out. She goes, you want me to touch her? I'm like, yeah, get him out of her pockets. And she's like, what are we going to do with them? I'm like, we're putting them on our skin. So she kept praying. She put the sacred heart of Jesus or sacred. Yeah. Heart of Jesus on the front. And I put the cross on the back and I, I swear to God, I thought I was going to break her neck. Cause I was pushing on it so hard and it was a pop sound. I can't even describe. It was a very loud bursting sound, almost like a portal would be opening. And it really, I felt it release and I felt it was in the room and she went down onto the floor. She started choking and gagging. She ran to the bathroom and I'm going to tell you the smell that wafted out was a, not of this world. Nothing I've ever smelled on the ambulance. My dad had a meat shop. I smelled a lot of bad smells in my life. Okay. This blew all of them away. Dead meat, rotten meat, death. It went right past me. And I was like, what? And we're at a church camp. Keep this in mind. We're on holy sacred ground. Okay. It was a church camp I even went to as a child. I mean, everybody goes to this place. It had a labyrinth. I mean, it's beautiful. I literally just collapsed into the chair behind. I was like, oh, does this just happen? And she walked out of that bathroom, sat directly across me, looked me in the face and said, was that the devil? She asked me if it was the devil. I said, I'm not co-signing that bullshit. It wasn't God. I don't got to know what that is. That's not my job. That's above my pay grade. My pay grade says, Jenny, take the trash out. That's what we do. Do I know? Sometimes yeah, I do. Do I not? Sometimes, yeah, I, I don't. That caught me totally off guard. And I was a sitting duck by myself. And I will not lie to you. I burned my clothes. Her sister called me too. She's very intuitive. She goes, I think we all need to burn our clothes. I'm like, no shit. Like for real, mine's going directly to the incinerator. You don't have to tell me past go or nothing. I'm done. I said, I will be taking a salt bath tonight as should both of you repeatedly. Maybe she should just lay in salt. I don't know. <laughs> like, like every precaution necessary, do it. I did everything I could. I did bless them before they left and gave them some healing energy too. But I really was trying to assess what happened to this sweet little elementary school teacher who was days, months, two months away from retirement. I was like, what the hell happened? So I called her the next day. I will tell you, I took four salt baths that night. Took them, released them out of the bathtub. More is better, right? Right. Why not? Called Dave and I'm like, you're never going to believe what happened to me. And he was like, oh my God, are you by yourself? Yeah, I totally set this up like this. I did not know it was going to happen. <laughs> Obviously, totally got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? But here's the kicker. A really great friend of ours who's, who's a shaman and a healer from Kentucky messaged me repeatedly that day to the point where it was like ad nauseum. Like, is he still texting? Like, what is he doing? He asked me four times if I was in the crosshairs of the devil, what I was doing. Was I around something satanic? No, 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 no. I'm not sure what he's talking about. Kept poo-pooing him. I put the phone down before lunch because I was like, why is he keep texting me this? This thing waited me out the whole day. So it got me by myself. Now, how did it get into her, right? 
So the next day I call, of course, I'm going to call check on this poor woman to see she's up there. She's retirement age. So I was worried about her physical health. I'm not going to lie. I was like, Oh God, I hope she lives through the night. Like what is going to happen to this woman? So I called the sister. I said, Hey, I was just checking on your sister. How's things going? She's like, Oh, she's doing really good. Let me just patch her in. So I said, that's wonderful. I said, Hey, did you notice anything leading up to this? Like, I'm just kind of curious now. Cause we kind of were in it before we, I could even ask any questions or anything. I said, there had to be warning signs that this was going on. She goes, now that you mentioned it, um, I haven't gone to the bathroom for two weeks and I just went this morning a lot. I'm like, Oh my God, that could be an impaction issue. Like that can kill yeah. you. Yeah. No red flags there. Right. There is the, the Basilica at, at our local at St. Vincent where I used to teach at. And they went to mass the night before the workshop. She couldn't swallow her communion bread. It made her sick. She couldn't say her prayers. It made her sick. She had to step outside. She kept getting these waves of something. Mm. Never put two and two together. I said, you know, how was school? How's things been at school? Can you, how we assess things, bars, hospitals, churches, and schools, believe it or not, are like breeding grounds for like demonic infestation. Swear. Yeah. I mean, it's just because everybody's releasing so much energy there, right? So you can pick something up pretty easily. Schools are infamous for people, teachers, especially bringing home attachments, light attachments all the way to demonic. They're not all demonic. Like Zach says, we won't say what Zach's last name is, but they're not all demonic. <laughs> one of the Zach's. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about them. that all they're the not time. All demonic. Trust me. Okay, good, 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 good. We're all on the same. I'm sure we're on the same page. We're, we're 100% on sense, the same right? page about we're 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that particular everything's not a demon, mm -hmm. not a demon. So, yeah. you know, some of these poor school teachers just come home and drink excessively and they can't figure out why. I mean, we can go into that a different day, too. But I said to her, tell me about what's going on at school. Like, give me a snapshot. I said, is there any disturbances, anything out of the norm? Like something's wrong. It's you didn't just pick this up somewhere. Something happened. Yeah. Well, it started to unravel in front of me and I started to see where the origin point was and what had happened. This woman was never able to have children. Here she is in an elementary school. She's in charge and teachers will tell you they're their kids. They're my kids. Every, every year they get a batch of kids. They're their children. They take on responsibility for them. Guess what that means to a very energetically sensitive, untrained empath. That means she's like a Hoover for energy and it's all subconscious. She doesn't even realize she's doing it. She goes, well, now that you mentioned it, there was like a knife brandage. We're talking elementary school. An yeah. elementary school student brought a knife. Okay, there's a big red flag. Yeah. Then there was a mass disturbance in the, in the cafeteria. Another big red flag. Elementary schools usually don't have brawls. Not usually common. Just saying. Maybe a food fight once in a while, but not an all-out brawl kind of things that were leading up to this so i started looking at the energy i'm like that's where they that's where it came from right there and i pinpointed it, i think right down to one student we never got any confirmation on that because obviously we can't talk to the parents of the child to see what was going on in the home to see if the child was the the person that brought that entity in but she did relate to her in a very deep way and sometimes energetically you can exchange soul fragment for soul fragment and I, we think that's what happened she's wonderful she hasn't had an attachment since she's been doing great she's retired she's enjoying her life um she has one hell of a story and she might tell it one day she said i think i want to put that on film and i said well if you do that'd be great if not that's okay too but i will maintain her privacy and her identity because that's you know that's my job but it's such a great teaching tool because people don't realize how easy and energy can slip into a crack, a soul fracture. 
And, and once we start seeing that and we start looking at them, we're going to have less and less and less attachment energies because we're going to have really informed, empowered people. I love that you said that because I just got Constantine flashes. But just for the record, that's where I went. Yeah, I was yeah, like, I was, this I was is a female very, Constantine. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say this is very, uh, very uh, Hellboy's, you know, uh, his, his way of dealing with things is very much uh, just a, uh, don't tell me what it is. Just tell me how to kill it. You know, yeah, you're just right, right, right. I don't need to know, you know, that this is from the 14th century or 2000 years ago. I just need to know what's going to get rid of it right now, you know, so. And exactly. And sometimes I think they, I, I think spirit picked me because I was kind of naive in, in that aspect because I just go charging into the, into the great beyond, right? Because they're like, oh, Jenny will do it. Jenny will do it. Jenny does anything. Jenny will do it. Like Mikey likes it. Jenny will do it. And I do because I. I know I can't. And my shaman who's been with me for a really long time, he's like, Jenny, I've never seen anybody take information and apply it so fast and so appropriately. I'm just like, can we use this for this? Can we do this with this? He's like, I don't know. Have you tried? I'm like, yes. And it worked. Okay. Keep doing it. And there you go. Maybe that's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. So I feel. I have a question for you. Cause I know we're going to run out of time. So we're absolutely going to have you back. You're going to have to come back very, very soon. Cause we have you so and, much. You and your partner, the, the mysterious Dave is from our, uh, a couple episodes ago. That is Dave Spinks. If, you, if you've missed his episode, you know, tune in it's, it's there. So, and we oh, will have them both back in future episodes. Cause there's plenty to talk about with all these people. There, but there go ahead, a, I need to ask my question. Ask Mark. question. I'm sorry. I just wanted to, this is a vital question because when I go into places and stuff, very empathic, like that's something we've talked about that's on the show a lot. I have to preface and a lot of times just go, okay, my barrier so that I'm not, I don't need to take anything home with me. You know, like I don't need mm -hmm. any piggybacks, don't need anybody hitching a ride, that sort of thing. But I wonder for you, especially early on before you sort of fine tune for lack of a better way of saying it, that's probably not the right way, but I'm going with that. Your abilities and your skills and your recognition. I kind of wonder how many times you went into places and especially with your partner who's like, let's do the investigation where you cleaned it out because you resulted and the other things. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, we were going to investigate this really, you know, this haunted barn, but Jenny walked in there and all of a sudden it was all fine. And so nothing to investigate now. Cool, cool, cool. Sometimes that does, it does happen. I mean, I was on a podcast with, um, it was Reverend Sean a, oh. a year or two ago. So he had all this activity in his house because he had a haunted house, right? Oh, activity stopped 12 hours before the podcast time. He's like, this is creeping me out. What, what, where's all, what's going on? And you know, in the Bible, it says God will go before you and make all this crooked places straight. Right. I told Dave, when I go to the weep, it will be like nothing. And he was like, you are so cocky. I was like, mm -mm, I know where my bread is buttered. I'm not cocky. I'm confident. There's a difference. I've died five times. I've died five times. I know where my bread is buttered. I do. So may the grace of God go before you. My mama should have named me grace. Cause that's all I got, man. Like I have no idea how this, this I fall into poop and come out smelling like rose. I have no idea how it happens sometimes, but there are times that that does happen. And but we always get some kind of evidence, right? But you ask Dave if he's been assaulted physically since he's been with me in the last four years. Mm -hmm. You ask him that. Well, yeah. Interesting oh, well, question. Yeah. Next time he's on, we'll have to do that. That'll be yeah. that'll be yeah. on the top of the list. Bo, make a note. 
Make a note on these make things. Note, okay. producer. Yep, we need so. to do shameless self-promotion time, though, Jenny. Yeah. So I know Mark preemptively asked you where people can reach out, but let's talk about what you've got coming up, what's coming out, and the best way for people to find you, what's your next event, that kind of stuff. So shameless self-promotion, go! Okay, ready, go. Okay, so we have Wildfire Women's Weekend that comes up in December. Every year I host a retreat in southwestern Pennsylvania. You come for the whole weekend. You're there. You're on beautiful, haunted UFO, Superhighway, Chestnut Ridge. It's really fun. P.S. said place where exorcism happened. Church camp. Uh, everybody wants to no. go now. They're like, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. So, and it used to be Wildfire Women's Weekend. It's kind of morphing a little bit because the guys want to go to and to like restore my soul. Like, it's just... It's really getting to be like a family kind of event because and it's really big. So it's December 15th, 16th, and 17th. My new book, CPR for the Soul, is coming out in the spring of next year. Uh, Dave and I have, I don't know if I'm allowed to leak two things or not, so I won't completely leak it. Look for us on Facebook to announce and our websites to announce our next little venture. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It goes along with my little gypsy lifestyle that I wanted to have for us. And take healing all over the country. And we are super excited about that. It is going to be coming up very soon. Events. I'm all over the place for events. I'll be in Pittsburgh. I think most of them are private. You can schedule a party with me. I do 10 or more people. It depends on what part of the country you're in. How I can kind of get it into my route of travel, I guess I should say. But I really love Florida. So, and I love the sunshine. You guys let me know. I'll be happy to come down there. We'll do some fun stuff. I love that. I love that. I want to say thank you so much for being a part of this podcast with us. We thoroughly, thoroughly appreciate you being here. Thank you. It was so much fun. And anytime you want to talk crazy and weird, I'm your girl. <laughs> oh, and we will. We will absolutely. Oh, no, I know yeah. Our fans are going to say to have you back. So we will absolutely maybe in like January, February, Bo pencil then in pencil it in wherever. Absolutely. There's yeah. no penciling. She uses a computer, but whatever the equivalent of computer penciling something in. We'll I do. like clackety-clack, but uh, I guess we've stopped that already. So. <laughs> yeah, you need to not do the clackety-clack thing. It sounds All weird. Right. No, Jenny, no, thank you so much. I know we just literally tip of the iceberg here. And, uh, you know, there's so much more we could discuss. I, you know, I, we didn't even get into spirit guides and other things like that. I, I The dragon has floored me because I've gotten so many things about dragons from people uh you know from other dimensional things and stuff so uh thank you for bringing that up and uh with that listeners i think our travel for this episode is where was that church camp jenny <laughs> southwestern pennsylvania if you want to come experience come join us for wildfire wildfire, wildfire. we will include wildfire. the link so but we'll yep. make sure we have a link so that is our travel for today and um Get your tickets early they will be gone so mm -hmm. absolutely <laughs> And uh, with that, uh, gang, again, if you ever have issues, reach out to someone who knows what they're doing. Reach out to the experts, uh, Jenny, her partner, Dave. You can also reach out to your local favorite podcast hosts, and we'd be happy to spread the word. And uh, you know, as always, thank you so much for being on, Jenny. We, we love you. We love both you guys. You're all fantastic. Uh, big, big heart to all of you. Have a wonderful holiday season if we don't talk to you. And uh, gang, keep watching the skies. Keep, you know, just watch out for those spiritual guides. Seek healing and speak your you know, mind, body, and soul there. It's all one big thing. And we will see you on the other side. Mm -hmm.